This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. McDonald's fries can grow your hair. The biggest dick on the Eagles. What's the matter with you, Florida? Heine Zimmerman. And Rick's brush with comedian Tim Allen. All that and unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. <laughs> that is coming up right now. The following is a Tony Lasano podcast. An Opi production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. Another episode of Minutia Man with Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern begins at this very second. It's it's eight forty in the morning. <laughs> this is the earliest we've ever the recorded. Earliest we've, it. Yeah. Ex- how much coffee have you had so far? Have you had the ref- the requisite? I'm on, uh, I'm on cup two, so. Oh, so you're, this is. Uh, you know, this, I've been known to be low energy. I'm warning you. <laughs> uh, well, the reason we're doing it early is you've got a, you've, you're going on the road, right? I am. I can't, we can't talk about why, but I, I know. I'm on assignment for a, uh, a, uh, my next Illinois entertainer column. So that'll mm-hmm. be, uh, we'll be able to divulge all this next week. And don't forget to read the Illinois Entertainer when it comes out, too. Yes, it'll be out on yeah. March 1st. But uh, so, um, so we'll have the scoop before it's even in the magazine. Uh, let me ask you a question. Um, I just got a phone call from Donald Trump. He wants you and I to be grand marshals for his big military parade. <laughs> you know, we would look like Michael Dukakis. <laughs> With the big helmet, yeah. with the helmet that is like three times the size of our heads. Yeah, that's a reference for you youngsters out there. Michael Dukakis ran for president uh, in 1988 against George H. W. Bush, and there was an ad in which he appeared uh, and and uh, in in a tank, yeah, wearing right. a helmet, and he looked like. <laughs> He looked ridiculous. He looked like David and I would look. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, I think Donald Trump wants is wants us to be grand marshals to mock us. I think, don't you think? You know, if you want to really get a kick out of uh, our our current president, go on my blog, uh, rickkemper.blogspot.com, because there was a tweet, or or go to my uh, Twitter feed. Um, There was a tweet that came out yesterday. The wind was blowing behind him as he <laughs> walked up the stairs yeah. to the plane. Have you seen this? No, no, no. Oh, wow. <laughs> There's some monkey business going on with his hair. Is that what you're telling what, me? What I'm saying is it, you can see the science behind it <laughs> when, the, uh, when the wind blows up because it is there is just nothing from uh, the back of his neck. All the way up, all the way, all the way to the front. There's nothing there. Uh, well, he's a big fast food aficionado, right? Yes. Well, w- one of the stories. Let, let's let's not do this story yet, but for the listeners, keep that in mind because we're going to have a news story in a few minutes that will be very um, that will be coordinated very much with what you're talking about right okay. here. Right. I should have said. Um, before we start, um, we had a you and I had a kerfuffle on our last episode, didn't we? We had an argument about sandwiches, yeah, and hot dogs. I, right. I believe you almost stormed out. <laughs> right. Um, well, one of our listeners evidently realized that we were on the on the outs, and he wanted to uh, to step in. Uh, this is from Jay Rick, uh, one of our loyal listeners. 
Uh, and for those of you who didn't hear the last episode, I was under the impression that hot dogs were considered sandwiches, and you were not, right? Yeah, I just feel like it's not a, it's not a sandwich. Well, Jay Rick, uh, and this is from him, uh, I work at a movie theater that has a bar in it, and I can confirm that hot dogs count as sandwiches. Sandwiches, milk, coffee, and soup are all legally required things to have on deck in case of alcohol poisoning and the hot dogs count as hot sandwiches. Always enjoy the show. Keep it up. Dump Rick. He's Dave is much better. Well, that's not very nice. <laughs> uh, so uh, thank you, Jay Rick, for solving that issue. Well, right? although can, can we at least agree that movie theater hot dogs are not sandwiches? <laughs> okay, right. Point well taken. Touche. Uh, have, uh, we, actually, my kids love movie theater hot dogs and the little mozzarella sticks oh man you know sean, yeah. sean was with me not too long ago and we were at a 7-eleven and you know how they have those little hot dogs yeah, the rotating yeah, yeah. The ro- yeah he goes yeah, yeah, oh yeah. my god that looks fantastic can i get one of those <laughs> like absolutely not <laughs> that's been on there since last august <laughs> exactly uh you know how uh parking parking people will like chalk your you know how you park at a spot that says only two hours mm-hmm. or something and they'll go around and they'll chalk your tire yeah. and then come yeah, back yeah. in two hours. And they do that with the hot dogs, too. <laughs> see how long the hot dog. There we go. Um, hey, um, I got my results from 23andMe. You know how we've been talking about that I've been doing the Ancestry.com? Yes, you've uh, been f- discovering a family all over the yeah, world. right. So I also did 23andMe, which is like a competitor at Ancestry.com. But 23andMe is more of a genetic kind of uh, tone to their to their product, giving you like what diseases that you might be predisposed to have and whatever. So I got my results from 23andMe. Okay. okay. Yes. You want to hear some of them? I do. Um, I have less Neanderthal in me than 86% of the population. I agree with that totally. Uh, yeah, I am not a Neanderthal. Yeah, I don't like to get dirty, right? Yeah. You're, so, you're more of a Renaissance man. Yeah, I'm not a Neanderthal. Um, I have an 85% chance of experiencing male pattern baldness. <laughs> ding, okay. ding, ding. Yes, right. So that was right on there. Um, uh, I have a 98% chance of saying horribly racist slurs while driving. <laughs> I've heard those. So that, yeah, exactly. But this is my favorite one. Um, David, your genetic muscle composition is common in elite power athletes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Studies have found that almost all power elite power athletes, including sprinters, throwers, and jumpers, have a specific genetic variant and a gene related to muscle composition. You have the exact same genetic variant as these elite athletes. Wow. So remember, remember six weeks ago in 83 when we went on that weightlifting and protein shake uh, yeah, binge? I do remember right. that. I should have stuck with it. Yeah. Right? Yeah, right, was 1983. We spent the entire summer uh, working out and drinking protein shakes and trying to uh, get strong, and then we missed one day. Yep, and that and was it. Ne- and never went back. Yep, exactly. That was, God, that was 35 wow, years Wow, so ago. you are a, you are an unbelievable disappointment. <laughs> oh, my God. No. Oh, and I have a 96% chance of being an unbelievable disappointment. That was, in my, that was in my report as well. I'd like to believe that my report would say has no chance of being an elite <laughs> athlete. 
Well, 23 and me, I think it's uh, here's an unsolicited plug. I think it's great. It was a lot of I mean, it's it's very cool to see, you know, kind of your genetic makeup. And, and do you have you know, any athletes in your family at all? Oh, yeah. You don't really know your family. Right. Exactly. Um, hey, I don't I, know. Actually, now that I think of it, my son is a pretty good athlete. My brother was a really good athlete. My father was a good athlete. So uh, maybe I'm it, a disappointment, too. Well, I think that goes without saying. Uh, hey, do we have a bald guy jingle? Oh, yes, we do. Please hold. All right. This is Dave's Spotlight on Bald Contributions. Time now for Balds in the News. What up, Baldy? With Rick and Dave. What up, Baldy? Hey, uh, well, again, we were talking about Donald Trump. He loves fast food. Yes. And he's got a little, uh, little problem with the hair thing. This is coming from our health desk, and it might be the most uh, important advance in healthcare since breast implants, Rick. Uh, <laughs> Mc, McDonald's fries could be the answer to cure baldness. Okay. Scientists have reportedly discovered that a chemical used by the fast food giant to keep their French fries from frothing, I don't even know what that means, uh, was successful at creating follicles to end baldness. Newsweek uh, reports a team at Yokohama National University in Japan has successfully used dimethylpolysilocene. I said that, and I know that's how you pronounce it because I went on the little... You know how you can go on the pronunciation guide? Yeah. To regrow hair on mice. The belief is that the method should also work on human skin cells. The scientists were able to create hair follicle germs using the technique leading to the growth of hair on the backs of nude mice. Now, that's as as opposed to mice in little three-piece suits, I guess. Right? Uh, The simple method is very robust and promising, says professor gonna fuck with a baldy <laughs> uh, i think that's not a real name no, his real name was junji fukada uh we hope this technique will improve human hair regenerative therapy now a couple of thoughts on this first of all um i can't tell you how many texts emails uh phone calls uh facebook messages i got about this when this hit the when this hit the wire, was yeah. it yesterday or the day before yesterday? <laughs> oh, my God. My phone just blew up. Hey, did you see this? You see this? You see this? this is like eight times more than when I had a kid. When I had a kid, I got a couple of congratulations, whatever. This just blew up. Everybody thought you're, that I'd be. You're the author of the Balding Handbook. Well, I, I got it. And I agree with that. Um, so, um, so yes. And thank you for everybody who shared this with me. Now, the second is, let's say for the sake of argument say that this isn't true okay what yeah okay uh i'm very concerned how this is going to affect well my people you know as you know we're a fragile bunch (laughs) and uh i'm seeing a whole lot of weight gain in our future right so uh what goes better with bald you say or you ask fat so there's gonna be now a lot of fat bald guys just chowing down on french fries so do you think you do you think you'll ever get to the point where you're more of a fat guy than a bald guy. You think you ever you ever get to a point where people will go, uh, Dave? Oh yeah, he's the fat guy, not he's <laughs> right. the bald guy. Um, well, the, now that's an interesting question. Uh, I mean, I'm completely bald, so yeah. I'm at the, everywhere. 
Right. I, I, hey, uh, I bet the pinnacle of bald. So how do you, so to, in order to, I'd have to be the pinnacle of fat. So what is that? 300 pounds? I don't know. You know, as we get older, I think we're going to discover the answer to this question. Well, and as, as there's more bald men our age. Yeah. You know, now everybody's going to be bald. Basically. I, you know, the most disturbing thing to me about this story is that McDonald's French fries have some sort of a hair component to them? <laughs> yeah, uh, the uh, and I and I also want to know, uh, you know, it was this, uh, you you know how the opera the opposition strategy was, you know, with the the, the steel memo was funded by the DNC. Yes, did Mc, did McDonald's maybe fund this? You know, scientific discovery too. Yeah, I know. maybe Big Macs cure beer guts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there you go. I'd look All for right. a lot of fat, bald guys in the next few months. Well, I have a story that uh, kind of, uh, I don't know, I think it encapsulates the way that sports journalism has changed over the last few years. All right. For years, uh, these guys went into the locker rooms as reporters and they they talked to the players and uh, you know, there was like a, you know, a beat reporter who who got to chat with everyone and and they became friends and they hung out together and stuff. And that's how they Oscar got Oscar Madison. Oscar yes, Madison. Exactly. Oscar Madison. That was your typical reporter. Uh, well, apparently times have changed a little bit, Dave. And, and I know this for a fact because I'm going to read you a, uh, a, an article that came out the day after the Super Bowl. All right. So this just came out on Monday and it was um, in on Deadspin. You know what Deadspin is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think it's the number one most popular sports website in America. Which you and I have been on. We have. We have. Right, so. We'll tell that story after this. But um, okay. let, me read it. let me read the first two paragraphs to you. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions after defeating the New England Patriots 41-33 to on Sunday. And they couldn't have done it without the stellar performance from backup Nick Foles. So far, so good, right? Normal. Yeah, right? great, great story. Great story. Uh, the you know the kid. Yeah, you know, getting his chance, making good. Yeah, sure. Good. I didn't yeah. finish the sentence, however. Uh, let me okay. finish the sentence. They couldn't have done it without the stellar performance from backup quarterback Nick Foles and his reportedly gigantic hog. <laughs> and they're not talking about a farm animal here. No, correct? they're not. Back in okay. 2014, Foles' Eagles teammate, Connor Barwin, revealed that the quarterback had the biggest dong in the locker room. In college, Foles', nickname, Foles nicknames were Big Dick Nick and Footlong Foles. <laughs> not bad. Yeah, I mean, and this is it's not a onion story. This is like a real story. Yeah. Written by Nick Foles. <laughs> well, I'm gonna. This is the story that he'll never deny. Yeah, you know, right. we saw the story. Any truth to that? Well, you know, it's not for me to say. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, but I, you know, I've been in a few locker rooms over the years as a as a radio producer, and uh, you know, I did think the first time I went in to see, I was at a Cubs in 1984. Dave Dane Placco uh, got me a press pass when we were both at WPGU Radio, and we went up to opening day at Wrigley Field. And it was my first time in a big league locker room after the game. And I must admit, I was shocked 
that the reporters are just walking around and there are all these naked baseball players just mm-hmm. walking around. And the one thing I remember most about that day, <laughs> which <Yeah>. I didn't, <laughs> but the one thing I remember most about that day is that they didn't call him Big Lee Smith <laughs> because he was tall. Right, right. right. Uh, you know, and 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 yes, I have been exposed to large penises before in locker rooms and stuff. Uh and you do you you like oh man i can't stare but holy crap like did you see that right <laughs> exactly well it's, it's probably because the guys that have those are standing there with their hands on their hips you know <laughs> right, rusting right. outward like hey how's it going yeah right. i don't know if you noticed that i've got a gigantic penis right, right. they go out to dinner he's naked right you know uh he's hey, you might want to spread the word to some of your friends <laughs> uh you know let's just get this out there yeah well you know i if, if I like the Eagles, I mean, I guess I did. The one thing about the Super Bowl is I didn't want Tom Brady to win, right? Right. Because I was sick of him winning. Right. I think even his so mother I, was rooting against him. <laughs> yeah. Well, his wife was like, "Yeah, we have to share." Tommy. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the and the but but the, the the bad part is is that the Eagles won, and their fans are the biggest jags yeah. around. Yeah, so I there's to no, be totally no honest with you, I kind of was rooting for the Patriots just because uh, I've known, you know, Philadelphia fans that I just could not stomach. Yeah, I know. Um, so, well, congratulations to Nick Foles yeah, on his. And, hey, while we're congratulating people, do we have a winner this week? We do. And um, this is the winner in our retweet and follow contest. And all you have to do to win is retweet and follow us uh, on Twitter. And uh, you will win a prize pack worth up to $25, just like the Tangent Lounge. The Tangent Lounge is a podcast uh, from Lebanon, Oregon. And the name implies Tangent. We we probably, this is like our sister podcast, possibly, (laughs) right? We promise uh, unlimited tangents. And the Tangent Lounge is going to win two. Uh, coffee cups, Amish Chicago coffee cups, cups uh, down at the Golden Coin by Kim Strickland. Uh, also, a balding handbook will be going uh, the Tangent Lounge's way and a uh, crying cub T-shirt. So congratulations. And again, all you have to do is retweet and follow us and uh, subscribe to us, too, on iTunes and Google Play and Stitcher. And iHeartRadio, you can also go to the Radio Misfits um, website at radiomisfits.com and check out all the other great sto- uh, all, all the other great shows that are on the network. There you go. Listen, comment, rate, and subscribe. Yeah, exactly. And, um, and I'm noticing there's a lot of uh, podcast on podcast crime uh, in, in the retweeting. Yes, I think uh, uh, it's a yeah. It's we, a community. We very tight knit community too, and evidently podcasters are poor, so they're like, oh, "I got to win this twenty five dollar uh, prize too." Yeah, that I believe. So there you go. Hey, cue up the Florida jingle, will you? All right. What's wrong with you, Florida? What's wrong? I don't know if it's wrong. It's just kind of interesting. Um, loaded grenade launcher found in Florida Goodwill charity bin. A grenade launcher. Loaded grenade launcher. Loaded grenade launcher. Loaded, right. Employees at a thrift store in Florida found a grenade launcher loaded with live grenades among the donated items left in their Goodwill bin. Uh, 
Deputies at the Manatee County Sheriff's Office were called to Goodwill, Minnesota bargain barn on Sunday <laughs> after its employees call uh, employees called in a dangerous looking donated item uh, reported the Bradenton Herald according to the stores manager the item came in late last month to store in nearby Bradenton but was later taken to the bargain barn location after employees could not recognize what it was um, this is I think it's interesting it's like yeah, we could. We didn't know what it was, so let's send it to the bargain barn, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they knew what they knew what it was, and they were hoping that the bargain barn employees were going to blow their their faces off, right? So, um, although it is legal under federal law to own a grenade launcher, what kind of a country are we living in? Seriously. <laughs> well, you know, bring it to your military parade that's coming up. Yeah. Um, but uh, while it's illegal, while it's legal to uh, under federal law to own or hunting, grenade. you know, in case you're hunting. <laughs> right. Uh, it's pre- you, you are prohibited to, fi- to fire anything more explos- explosive than a flare. That's the law. Oh, okay. So right. it's kind of like you, a bong. You know, you can use this for uh, tobacco. Right, right. Yeah. And and I'm sure the people that own grenade launchers are really going to abide by the only flare rule, right? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, the st- um, the store's manager Joe Bashures admitted that bizarre and dangerous items, including an urn with ashes, firearms, ammunition, and gold teeth, have been donated in the past. Um, there yeah, are no. I'm sorry, but those other ones really don't match up to the uh, loaded grenade launcher. Gold uh, teeth. The um, there are no leads as to who may have donated the item. I'm thinking they question all Cuban immigrants named Tony Montana. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Uh, so uh, Florida thrift store grenade launchers right there. <sighs> okay, so it's a good thing we don't live in Florida. Uh, it's time for our Cubs feature. Time now for a collection of Cub geekness. This is Just One Bad Century with Rick and Dave. Very exciting week for Just One Bad Century for me anyway. Dave, I don't know if you'll be this thrilled about it, but um, I was retweeted. Report, I was retweeted this week by Baseball Reference, which is oh. to me like the ultimate uh, baseball uh, really? website, and also the uh, uh, SABR uh, website. Sabermetrics. Sabermetrics, yes. right? Okay. Which does um, uh, deep stories on, you know, old time baseball players. And they, they got some of their material for their latest one on uh, Heine Zimmerman from me at Just One Bad Century. And they retweeted it. Well, congratulations. I'm very excited by this. Yeah, of course. No, it's, uh, it's, yeah, like it's a the, big uh, thing. Baseball nerd fraternity uh, invited me to a party and I don't have to sit with Jugdish. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. Come on, Rick. Come over here with, uh, with Sheldon Rabinowitz and whatever. Yeah, not the... The cool kids, right? On, on the cool nerd couch. Yeah, right. Uh, well, great. Well, what about Heine Zimmerman? All right. So Heine Zimmerman is really one of the most interesting players that ever played for the Cubs. And, and he played for the Cubs from 1907 to 1916, which means he was in the very well, the last game. What's that? The glory years. Yeah. Right? The, some of those were glory years for sure. Um, he played in the last game at Westside Grounds and the first game at Wrigley Field. Uh, he also played at uh, 
in the 1908 World Series, was part of that uh, big winning team. And in that season, he almost cost the Cubs the the title because in the middle of the year, he got into a fight with his teammate, Jimmy Sheckard, and threw a bottle of ammonia at his face, which exploded all over his face and, and temporarily blinded him. Nice. And they happened to li- they happened to be playing at Westside Grounds. The field was right next to the hospital, right next to Cook County Hospital. So they just if that wasn't the case, the guy would have been blinded. And Jimmy Sheckard was their starting uh, right fielder at the time. What was the fight about? Do we know what the fight it was about? Um, Jimmy Sheckard was making fun of him. He was a rookie at the time, or early, you know, a young player, and and uh, and Heine. Did not uh, take kindly to being made fun of, and it was a big fight. And that, and actually, the entire team got involved in the fight, including the manager Frank Chance. And they all they beat the crap out of uh, Heine Zimmerman Heine. after that, and and he yeah. had to be hospitalized. So it was you know, <laughs> it was one of those things. <laughs> and this is the team you choose to root for. Nice work. <laughs> but Heine Zimmerman's story does not end there, because yeah. after he left the Cubs, he went to. The Giants in uh, in New York, and he was the reason why the the White Sox won the World Series in 1917. He he botched a rundown play, and the, that's that famous picture of him. Yes, jumping over or that that's him, right? The, the guy winning that, run, the winning run was scored because of Heine Zimmerman's error. He apparently was a terrible fielder, a great hitter, but a terrible fielder. And then, and I'm only going to keep going because these are all these are good stories. He um, started cheating during yeah. the during the games when he was with the Giants. Uh, the Giants got another player named Hal Chase, who was uh, the most notorious uh, game thrower in history, and he taught Heine how to cheat. And they would hang out with the gamblers and and. Uh, on September 11th, Zimmerman approached pitcher Fred Tony after the first inning of a game in Chicago and informed him, hey, uh, it'd be worth your while not to bear down on the Cubs. Yeah. And, yeah. An inning later, uh, the pitcher asked to be taken out. He reported him. Um, and Heine Zimmerman was thrown out of baseball. So he was banned from baseball. Um, so, the, so, the, so the Cubs had Zimmerman, Steinfeld, uh, Kling, yeah, uh, they had lots of Jewish kid guys on that team. I mean, I would assume behind Heine Zimmerman is Jewish. Right? I would assume or, so. Yeah, after his uh, career ended, he worked for Dutch Schultz, uh, the gangster in oh. New York, but in public relations. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> had nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> yeah, Heine's in accounting. He's got nothing. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought uh, that was that was a good well, for you. Congratulations on your retweet. I had no idea. That's well, thank, you. Uh, thank you. Then did you get like retweeted hundreds of times and stuff? No, and, like four times. But I just you know who reads those when they post a story about a guy named Heine Zimmerman who played in 1912, who by the way was the first triple co- triple crown winner in baseball history. Well, didn't I don't know why I know so much about this, but wasn't it that? There was some dispute about the RBIs or something. Yeah. I, um, wow. So somebody, 
I know. I don't. Why do I know this? Um, so yeah, tell me this story. Well, you seem to know someone else had supposedly more RBIs, and then they changed it at the end of the year or something. Well, or RBIs what? were not an official stat yet in those days. Oh. Okay. So, I mean, it's not like he was awarded the Triple Crown. He was kind of retroactively awarded the Triple Crown. And so they had to figure out by going through every um, every box score, they had to figure out how many runs he knocked in. Oh, so they were not – when did they start compiling RBIs as a stat? Not until like the 40s or something like that, 30s. Oh, well – well, there you go. More information on Heine Zimmerman than you'll ever need to know. <laughs> That's for sure. Sorry about that, but they're good stories. You got to admit yes. they're good stories, and they're not they're really good. baseball stories. There, no, no they're, it's cabling. It's, yes. it's it's ammonia in the face. It's, yes. uh, human, it's a human nature story. Okay. okay, time for our final feature of the day. A random name pulled out of Rick's bowl of brushes with celebrities. Mixture. Collection. Selection. Assemblage. Medley. Assortment. Variety. Time now for Celebrity Potpourri with Rick and Dave. Okay, this is the part of the show where Dave reaches his hand into the Costco jar and picks out a name of a celebrity, and I have to tell the story of having met that celebrity. I have a a, uh, story about this guy, too, but not told... it's I didn't have the story, but told to by a third party. And I'll tell you that after this, Tim Allen. Okay. You know what Tim Allen's real name is? Heine Zimmerman. No, it ties into Nick Foles. Oh, what is it? What's his real name? Tim Dick. Oh, is it? Yeah. Tim oh, Allen okay. Dick. Well, good that he changed it. I think. Yeah. I met him back in 1987. So this is, I had just started working at the loop. I was not, um, Stephen Geary's producer yet, I don't believe. No, in fact, I'm sure I wasn't. I was just there that day. Kevin Matthews had all these friends that were comedians because mm-hmm. Kevin started in the on the comedy circuit. And so all these comedians would come into the radio station all the time. And most of them were unknown, mm-hmm. including Tim Allen at this time in 1987. Totally unknown. And... Uh, Kevin kept trying to tell Stephen Gary that that uh, Tim Allen is really funny. He was doing the you know the men versus women thing at that time. Right. The, oh 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 oh. Got you know. Right. right. Um, and finally, Kevin wore down Steve, and he had Tim on the show. And Tim Allen was started doing some of his bits, and they were not flying with Steve. Yeah. They were just yeah. kind of flopping. Yeah. And Steve kicked him off the show. On the air. On wow, the air. Wow. Oh, my God. Wow. He said, you're not funny. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, so, Steve so Steve Dahl, great talent scout when it comes to. Uh, well, on this uh, particular Tim, day, I must yeah. say Tim Allen was not funny. So, I'm yeah. going to stick with Steve on that one. But uh, uh, as it turns out, uh, Tim Allen ended up being kind of doing a, okay kind of a big deal <laughs> yeah um well doby maxwell told me a story about tim allen do you ever tell you this story i don't think uh, so so doby was on the same circuit the comedian circuit and they all kind of know each other because they all end up playing zanies together and whatever yeah, they're, they're they hang out uh before and after the shows right right they yeah so he said that tim allen like probably around this time mid 80s or whatever um was doing the ask Dobie and they became friends. 
you know, what do you think, you know, what do you think by chances of this home and pre- or this, this tool bit or whatever it's called, right? The man versus women, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, tone and, and Dobie's like, it's never going to work. It's like, this is stupid. You know, uh, you've got, how many jokes could you possibly have on this? And of course, Dobie did, didn't notice as well. And Dobie said the same thing to Jeff Foxworthy too. I remember He's like, that. Yes. Yeah. The, the, you know, the, the, the redneck shtick is not going to work, Jeff. <laughs> you know, uh, I love Dobie. Don't get me wrong. I really do love Dobie. He's he's one of our authors. His book, yeah. Monkey in the Middle, a, is unbelievable at uh, Eckhart's right. Press. Um, but the thing I discovered getting to know Dobie and really all the comedians that I got to know over the years is no comedian. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks. Everybody other than them sucks. Exactly. Right? No yeah. comedian <laughs> thinks anyone else is ever funny. I know. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. That Lenny Bruce. Eh. You know, whatever. Richard Pryor, eh, you know. Um, Once they're dead, like now they'll now they'll talk about right. George Carlin. Oh, he's he's hilarious. Or or uh, Richard Pryor. You know, these are the comedy heroes now. But while they're alive, <laughs> not so much. Yeah. All right. Anyway, to find out more about Rick and Dave, you can check out EckhartsPress.com, ChicagoAuthorSolutions.com. And if you'd like to reach us, you can also drop us a line at Podcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasana with Owl Pie Productions. We're distributed by Ed Silla of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Minutia Men. The preceding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Old Pie Productions. Tony, can you shut up? I have been exposed to large penises before in locker rooms and stuff.